Up next on Central Parish Radio's podcast is a ministration from RCCG Central Parish, Abuja. Do listen and please send a feedback to info at centralparishradio.org. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. So, Father, we want to thank you very much. You are our helper, you are our provider, our sustainer, our defender, our very beauty. Receive our praise in Jesus' name. Lord, this is your hour. Send your word. Heal and deliver. Set the captives free. Let your glory fill this atmosphere. Let no man, no woman return this place the same way they came. And you take all the glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Again, praise our mighty Jesus. Amen. I want to thank the almighty God for this great privilege to stand before his people and his church to share the word of God and to lead us in prayer. Appreciate him. And I want to thank my father and my mother so, so much. Precious daddy and mommy. And I, as I always pray for them, the Lord will keep on lifting them up in Jesus' name. And their enemies shall be found to be liars. In the name of Jesus. And salute elders, fathers, mothers, and ministers of God and all of us this afternoon. You will not return back the same in Jesus' name. Today we'll be looking at fruitfulness. That is started with us with fruitfulness yesterday. And that's what we are going to go to. But before then, that's the main dish. Before then, I want to take us into prayers. Just two prayers, perhaps three maximum. I look into the Bible and I compared a set of scripture with another set of scripture because they have similarities. But if you look closely, not only that do they have similarities, they have differences. And those two scriptures are Genesis 49 and Deuteronomy 33. Genesis 49 and Deuteronomy 33. The book of Genesis, chapter 39 of it, is the chapter before the last chapter. Because Genesis has 50 chapters. Then if you go to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 33, which is where we are talking about, is the chapter before the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. So they are similar in that regard. Then if you go to Genesis 49, there's a man called Jacob. He's a man of God. And everything he spoke in Genesis 49 was because he was about to die. Then you go to Deuteronomy 33. There's also another man. Also a man of God. And those words he spoke were his words of a man about to die. Because in the next chapter, Moses too died. Now, if you go to Genesis 49, you will realize that all that Jacob was saying was just 
prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. Now go to Deuteronomy 33. All that Moses was saying is just prophecy, prophecy, prophecy about Israel. So in those regards, those two chapters of the Bible, they are very, very similar. However, there are some differences. And that's where we are going to pray on. Let's take two of the differences. Now, but what difference is that? The man in Genesis, sorry, the man in Deuteronomy 33, the major assignment he had was to reverse some things that the man in Genesis 49 set in motion. The man in Genesis 49, he caused some sons of his, particularly Reuben, Simeon, and Levi. But if you go to the man in Deuteronomy 33, his major assignment was to reverse what the first man did. I want us to pray a prayer today. It was a man that caused them. It was another man, similar to him, that reversed it. You are going to pray. You say, Father, in the name of Jesus, everything that has been set in motion negatively in my life, let them be reversed today. Praise to God, you answer you. My Father, my God, if it was a man that set it in motion, let them be reversed today in my life. Anything negative that has been set into motion, let it be reversed in our lives today. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, in the name of Jesus, for another man is speaking today, let them be reversed, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, any negative thing in our lives set in motion by a man. We reverse them now. We reverse them now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Then if you look at Genesis 49, you will see that all that Jacob was saying were a mixture of curses and blessings. Mixture of curses and blessings. Some of them he cursed. Some of them he blessed. Based on his judgment upon them. That is the first man. But when the second man came, regardless of what they did, it was just blessing, 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 blessing. His own chapter had not one curse. That's the second prayer. He said, Father, between now and the rest of my days, let me have only blessing, 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 praise to God. My Father, my God, beginning from now to the end of my days, let it be blessing, 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 blessing. All the way. Just blessing, 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 oh God. Only blessing, only blessing, only blessing, only blessing. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. So, Father, we thank you. 
We appreciate you because you are the reverser of the irreversible. What a man of God did to Reuben. Another man of God came to reverse it for Reuben. What he did for Levi. Another man of God came to reverse it for Levi. Therefore, Father God Almighty, whatever is working contrary to our destiny, because this month is a set time, let them be reversed by fire in the name of Jesus. Let blessing replace every curse. And let our joy be full. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Praise the Lord. Amen. We shall pray more after sharing of the word. Today, we are fully walking the footsteps of our daddy. He started with us the need for Christian fruitfulness. And of course, he, he mightily emphasized that our lives must show that we are Christians. If not, our preaching to others will just be a ridicule. So today I'm talking to Ross on what I've titled, Do Not Be Fruitless. Do Not Be Fruitless. If you read Matthew 25, from verse 14 to verse 30, Matthew 25, 14 to 30, that's the, um, the parable of the talents. You will realize that God is an investor. Always looking for return on investment. ROI in finance and in business. Whenever he, he gives something, his eyes are on that thing. Because he wants a return on wherever he invested. He gave one a talent. He gave the other two. He gave the last one five. And he expected them to have fruits. Then if you go to John 15, John 15, from verse 1 to verse 16, verse 1 to verse 16, that is where he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And any, any branch in me that bear much fruit, he proves it that it may bear much fruit. Then when concluding verse 16, he said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have ordained you to go and bear fruit. So God is always looking for fruit. And again, if you go to Luke 13, Luke 13, 6 to 9, where we are going to talk more on this afternoon. That is, this, a man, he planted a fig tree. And year after year, after the thing had matured, he went the first year after maturity, second year after maturity, third year after maturity, and he found nothing. He said, let's cut it down. Because God was looking for fruit. Can we blame God to look for fruit? No. God is a rational investor. It's just like, you know, we are like God. When you put something somewhere, you want an increase on it. And God will not come to you to require for fruit if he knows that you cannot bear fruit now. If you read the parable in Luke 13, it was not the day that God planted, the, the owner planted that seed that he returned. He returned one year after. And after that one year, he kept on going year to year. Because God must, he must be just whenever he judges us. 
He must be justified whenever he speaks. So, God is demanding food from you and I today because he knows that he has invested in your life and he has invested in my life. Then in Matthew 3, Matthew 3 verse 10, John the Baptist too, he too cried from Liba Jordan. He said he asked, he snake at the, at, the, at the root of every tree. That any tree that does not bring forth good fruit shall be cut down and cast into the fire. See, talking about God looking for good fruit. My precious brothers and sisters, any Christian that refuses to bear good fruit runs the risk of being cut off, cut down, and be turned to nothing but a refuse. Hallelujah. Let us read Luke 13. I'll read Luke 13 just from verse 6 to 9 I will take it up. Luke 13 from verse 6. The Bible says, And he spake also this parable, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought forth fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser, unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down, why compareth it the ground? And he answered, said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it, and dung it, and if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Hallelujah. This story is very clear. A man made an investment, he bought some seeds, he spent some labor, he dug, he put the seed there, on a property that he also bought. You can see that he has spent some money and spent spiritual energy. And he did that. And again, now look for somebody that will supervise that this seed are planted grows. And the man he, he, he employed, the dresser, did a good job so much that the Bible records that after a year, the thing has encumbered the grounds. It means it has flourished. You can see the garden. You can see the root. You can see the leaves. You can see flourishing. So the man came after one year. The time for me to reap has come. Has come. He got there. Only leaf. Nothing. No, no fruit. He went away. So let me wait for another one year. He went the second year. The same story. And he kept on paying the, the dresser. Paying him wages. For taking care of a tree with no fruit. Then he went the third year. <laughs> Nothing. He was fed up. Then so now we, we're going to cut this thing down. It's a waste of time. Waste of, waste of resources, waste of life, cut it down. But somebody interceded for the, for the tree. That was the vine dresser. Said, Master, don't do that now. Let's give it again one year. If after one year, it does not bring forth fruit, then let's cut it down. And I say, I'm going to do something. I will deground it. I will put extra manure into it. And let's see what will happen. Do you know that what daddy started doing yesterday was to dig around it and to put extra manure around it because there are some people in our knees that should bear fruit. Why is it important? There's an expiry date for any tree that does not bear fruit. 
The word of Christ is the word of God, for Christ is God, and the Bible is true. If the Bible says, a tree that does not bear fruit will be cut off, it shall be cut. It shall be cut. For you and I shall not be cut down in the mighty name of Jesus. So, that is where the parable ended. Because somebody interceded. God cannot allow us to pray so, preach so many sermons on what we think has happened after that intercession. But I want to believe by the grace of God. That if there's anybody here that fits into this narrative, after this manuring and dogging, that tree will bear fruit in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, when God invests, he expects results. How does God invest in us? Number one investment is that he saved our souls. That's the first mighty investment that every other investment of God will rest upon. He is the savior of our souls. And that investment, nothing can pay for it. Then other investments include the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Whenever you get the Holy Ghost, with evidence of speaking in tongues, God has paid again, invested in your life. Also, every time you come to church and you hear sermons like this, God is investing in our lives. Every time we read the scripture and we get fresh revelation, God is investing in our lives. Every time daddy asks us to stand here and he comes down from the altar as he did for the um, workers' journey and he laid hand on them. That's God's investment. God is taking notes. He's a shrewd investor. Anytime you attend the Holy Ghost service, special service, you are being invested in. Anytime we are Sunday school and the teachers stand there and the teachers, there's investment going in. All these things are investment. And again, there are some investments that you don't know that they are investments. Every time God gives you difficulties to solve, He's investing in your life. He's making you strong. Every time God gives you problems that you don't know you can solve and He makes a way in that process, He has given you new wisdom, investment. Every time He makes you to face danger and you're afraid and eventually you overcome that danger. He has invested courage in us. Every time he surrounds you with difficult people, very pe people that is very hard to love, and you have no reason but to live with them, he has invested in you to know how to love and to have patience. Every time God is investing, he's investing to the end that there must be fruit one day. Now look at the, the patience of God. To do all this for us. And all we want to do is to sit down in church. Hear the sermon. Keep it. Come back on Sunday again. And go back home. And not bearing fruit. Who if you are you? Why you know who to be annoyed? You will be annoyed. God has invested a lot. Even when you don't know he's investing. He's mightily investing. And he's counting it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What are the fruits? The first level of fruit, which is, which is a major fruit, 
is the source of men. After your own kind. Every tree gives bad fruit after its own kind. So if we are the tree, in this Luke 13, it means God, he wants to bring forth Christians that will be saved like you. Christians that will be like you exactly. That's number one. So when the Bible says that, go and bear fruit, John 15, 16, he's talking about the souls of men. When, the Bible, when Paul says, woe is me, if I preach not the gospel, 1 Corinthians 19, 16, 1 Corinthians 19, 16, he's talking about the fruit of the souls of men. When Jesus said, in Mark 16, 15, Mark 16, 15, go ye into the world and make disciples of all men and preach this gospel, he's talking about the fruits called the souls of men. The second level of fruit that will bear, you can see that one in Luke 4. Luke 4, 18 to 19. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to heal the sick, to set the captives free, to make those who are bound to go free from bondage, as that is That God wants at a go out and heal people, preach to them, and deliver the oppressed. Those are fruits of His investment. Finally, in our life, fruit of Christ like living fruit of Christ living records in Acts 26 that they call them for the first time at Of temperance, of love, of faithfulness, of gentleness, of meekness, and others. They saw them, they saw fruit. They said, ah, these ones are Christians. And if they know that you are a Christian and you have fruit, it will be easy for you to preach and people will obey you because your life is not contrary to what you are preaching. So, my bo- brothers and sisters, God wants us to bear fruits. And fruits we shall bear in Jesus' name. Now as I'm closing, I look into the Bible and I saw a man. A man that failed to bear fruit. Despite the great investment of God in his life. And this gentleman I picked from the Old Testament. His name is Mr. Gehazi. Mr. Gehazi. He had special privileges. He was exposed to everything that would make a Christian to bear fruit. But at the end, not only that he didn't bear fruit, he bore different kind of fruit. Gehazi was the protocol, personal assistant, the secretary, the minister, and the servant of Elisha. 
He was so privileged that despite that, the father never, the, the Bible never told us of his genealogy. We never knew the tribe we came from. We didn't know his father. We didn't know his mother. Yet God planted him beside a great man of God. At least we know that Elijah was from, from Tishbite. We know Elisha was the son of Shaphat. But this Gehazi that God planted on the lineage of great prophets, if only he would listen. Nobody knew anything about him. God took him from nobody. He put him somewhere and he began to invest into his life. So he began to wait on this great man of God. He was close to great anointing. He was close to great grace. He was close to great power. He was there when empty vessels miraculously began to be filled with fresh oil. That is in 2 Kings 4, 1-7. to He was there. He was there when the Shunammite woman who was barren by a decree of his master, a child came, even though when, when, when she doubted, he saw his life, he saw miracles. He was there when the son of this woman died and what Elisha needed to do was just to lie upon this boy and life came back to this boy. He saw those things, those were investments to impact his life. He was there when the man came. And the man of God only issued a decree. He didn't even follow. He didn't even see his face. And leprosy went away after the seventh deep. He saw all these things. And God kept on investing in him. And he was exposed to kings, exposed to captains, exposed to great women and great men of the land who came to counsel with his master. Amongst all the sons of God and, and servants, he was the traveling partner of Elisha, great Elisha the prophet. He saw his humanity as he saw his power. He knew Elisha the way nobody here can ever know Elisha. You know, every man is a man when he gets to his own house. He saw his humanity, which the Bible never described. He saw everything that makes him a man, and he saw everything that made him a prophet. Those are investments of God. Because God has put him on a line that you should be saying prophet Elijah, prophet Elisha, and prophet Gehazi. But no. Though he was like a man beside the, the, the meeting of waters, he refused to bear fruit. Because his inclination, his proclivity, his mindset, his interest is not to give fruits to God, but to give fruits to himself. And daddy told us that a plant does not eat its own fruits. So instead, for him to get something and begin to impart his life, just as the other two prophets imparted their life, he got leprosy. And he became a refuse. He became an Anathema. It became nothing but fruitfulness. Why? He decided not to bear fruit. Because when Naaman came to be healed at Samaria, God also followed Naaman to examine Gehazi. 
The year of Naaman's healing was the year of his own inspection. And he failed that inspection. When God comes to inspect you, may you have fruit in Jesus' name. So that day he was cut off and he became nothing. Let us rise to our feet. There's no time again. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Job chapter 11 verse 14. The Bible says in Job 11 14. He says, If iniquity be, be in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. It was iniquity that destroyed the hazard. You pray. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, help me to drop every sin that has made me fruitless in your vineyard. Pray to God. My Father, my God, help me to drop every sin Every sin, every sin that has made me fruitless, that has made me not to bear enough fruit in your vineyard, in your service, in your church, in the congregation of your people, in the kingdom of God, any iniquity in my hand, help me to drop them today. Help your people to drop them that we may bear fruit, bear fruit, Unto eternal life. Oh, pray, 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 pray. If iniquity be found in the heart, drop it today. You can't bear fruit with iniquity. It doesn't go together. Oh, Ramasakatabada. Help us drop them today. Let us be determined to drop them that we may bear more fruit. That will not be cut off. Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. The Bible records, the Bible says in Proverbs 18 19. Proverbs 18 19. It says, He also that is slothful in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. If you examine your life, based on just a few minutes I've spoken to us, you will see how much wastage that we have amassed over the decades. And I've been Christian for 20 years, 25 years, 10 years, 5 years. Wastage. No fruit. I want you to pray today. You see, God is, is putting manure now. He's digging around it so that that tree, when God comes again, he will not cut it away. He will not be cut off in Jesus' name. You say, Father, in the name of Jesus, help me never to waste your investment in my life again. Father, help me never to waste your investment. Help me never to waste it again. Your great investments, all the investments in my life, I know it. Help me never to waste them. I've wasted them before. Help me not to waste them again. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, King Eternal Rock of Ages, Almighty God, help me not to waste your investment. Help me not to waste your investment. Help me never to waste your investment again. 
Help me, Almighty God, never to waste your investment again, Almighty King of Glory. Help not to waste again. Throughout my days, let me bear fruit. Let me bear fruit. Let me bear fruit. Help me to bear fruit. Help me to bear fruit. Help me to bear fruit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Finally, today, I want you to pray. That vine dresser was an intercessor. He pleaded. So don't cut it off. Give it one more chance. And that is grace. You want to ask for grace of God to help you to succeed. If there was no grace, that tree was gone on the third year. But grace helped it. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, let your grace help me succeed. Pray to God in Jesus' name. Let me succeed by your grace. By your grace, by your grace, by your grace. By your grace, by your grace, by your grace. By your grace alone. Help me succeed. Help me stand firm. Not to be cut off. By your grace. By your grace alone. Help us succeed. Help us to succeed. Help us to succeed. Help us to succeed. Help us to succeed. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. One last prayer. Let's go back to that comparison. A man cursed Levi and Reuben. God raised another man to help Levi and Reuben. You want to ask God to raise men for you to undo what anybody has done in your life. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, raise that another man to undo whatever any man has done to harm me. Pray to God in Jesus' name. Now raise that another man to undo whatever any man or woman has done to harm me. Raise that other man, Lord. Raise that other man for us. And let Jesus take all the glory. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we are prayed. So, Father, we appreciate you very much. We honor you because you are the God that answers prayers. Let there be testimonies. Those who are failing, we shall not fail again. Those who have no fruit, we shall begin to bear fruits. Lord, wherever men have injured us, raise other men to heal us. Wherever men have wounded us, raise other men to heal us. Where other men have resisted us, raise other men to open doors for us. Thank you because it's our acceptable time. And you will take all the glory. Bless our father and our mother and the Lord. Wherever men has resisted them, raise other men to open doors for them. Let their joy be full. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. We hope you were blessed by this podcast. You can send feedback and inquiries to centralparishradio at gmail.com. Do subscribe to receive notification of new episodes. 
Thank you.